money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? <laughs> yes, I'm ready to talk money. Good morning. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? <laughs> okay, I'm just checking because you gave me that look that said, well, I'm not quite sure. So. It's, it's the beginning of March and mm-hmm. the birds are already singing at mm-hmm. our house. So mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah. I, it's good. All is I mean, well. That makes you want to talk about money. Not really, okay. but you know. Very cool. So, well, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for joining Reb and I as we talk about the hard issues around money. I thought you were going to say thank you for joining me, Reb. Well, <laughs> I am thankful that you're joining, joining me, and I'm thankful that we have Ray here. So, nice segue over to Ray. I was so, going to say, if everyone was married to a financial coach, they'd have to be prepared to talk money all the time. Mm. You know, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We, we won't do that, Paul, but <laughs> welcome to the show, Ray. Ray Borg, as for those <laughs> yeah. of you who have heard the show before and listened in, Ray is a regular uh, on the show. Ray is the uh, ministry liaison for Financial, Financial Discipleship Canada, I think, or something like that. But we just love <laughs> him because he brings that perspective. He's with.mine.ca. I'm just, that's all I say. Okay. He's got Reverend in front of his name. Yeah, so. yeah whatever. That's who he is. <laughs> And he shares the podcast uh, with their 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 group as well in yes. terms of the, their reach out. So you can find the podcast on morethanenough.ca and chri.ca and notmine.ca. Um, that's the, those websites have the player, so you can play anytime. You can search them; they're archived there. Um, and then, of course, you can find them on any podcasting platform. And and uh, we've we've. Work to expand that to get on just about every platform that, that we can. So if we're not on your platform, search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. And if we're not there, give us a shout at info at more than enough and, and we'll get on there. So, so there you go. Today, I'm pretty excited about today's show. So you can just keep talking then. Go ahead. Because <laughs> this is one of my favorite chapters. I mean, we know we've talked about Matthew 6 being probably, you know, one of that top one or two but this is in the top five the, well the, the i didn't know that until this morning so mm-hmm. matthew 6 romans 12 mm-hmm. and this one some in revelation well anyways and, go ahead. anyway yeah. yeah and first timothy 6 and, and first psalms or Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs. 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 Yeah, Although okay, this, year, this, this year has been Ecclesiastes. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've been spending some time in Ecclesiastes and really appreciating that. So, so I mean. And I have, and Romans 8 you also love. So, the, anyway. The list is expanding. But, yes. but this, that's why I said it's kind of top five, maybe top ten. But anyways, 1 Timothy 6 speaks to that. And why that do you financial love it so heart. much? Yeah, that, well, it's that financial piece. But, I mean, quite literally for me. If all I did in my whole life was just do Matthew 6 and do First Timothy 6, I, th- I think I'd be good. Like all the other stuff would be just doing those two chapters and, and mm. understanding and living those two chapters for me would be enough. So well, I'm pretty it, it, simple it's, that way. Uh, as we'll read, there's a lot in mm-hmm. first, both of those chapters. So I'm just going to read um, a section, uh, actually a big chunk of it, um, because as I understand, this is Paul's letter to Timothy. Mm -hmm. 
And Timothy was someone that Paul mentored, and uh, he's encouraging him in his faith. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now I'm going to keep reading because this next section I think is lots of fun because I think Paul gets really excited in and of himself, because he throws in an amen in the middle of this chapter. So, um, but you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, who no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. And this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may... Take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Now, in the message, that last verse, I I just wrote it down for myself because it jumped out at me this week as I was reading it. And oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given, guard it with your life. And you all who are listening may have to rewind if you're listening to the podcast. And I want you to imagine that that the Lord is speaking this to you, that you put yourself in here. This isn't just a letter to Timothy. This is a letter to each of us. That we can pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and endurance. We can fight the good fight. We can hold fast to that confession when there were all, you can all remember when you came to Christ. You can all remember when you made that confession of faith and yielded yourself and said, I am his and he is mine. And God wants to remind us of that today. And he also wants to remind us of who he is, that he is immortal, that he is the only wise king, that he is the king of kings and Lord of Lords, that this is about him. And you can, I I don't know, I could just feel Paul's excitement saying, remember who he is and remember who you are. And in that remembering, we can go back to those verses that I started with when he's talking about money being such an enticement. But if we have this encounter with God and we have this encounter with, with the Lord and we see him for who he is, 
that is like the antidote for what money promises and can't deliver on. And I, I, it, you're right. It's a pretty exciting passage. So anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> and you, and you wanted, wanted me to just, you know, keep going. I but, just get uh, really, like I can, I mean, what kind of moment was Paul having that in the middle of this, he has this vision of who God is and is trying to write it down in, in, in ink with a feathered pen. Like I can't imagine, like it's easy to type. It's fast. But writing with a pen takes so much more. And I'm sure it was just spilling out of him, trying to get down on paper. And again, I don't know the context for that, but I think there were times where Paul would have been just saying the words and somebody else would have been writing. Can you imagine being the scribe there to try and keep up with that as Paul gets more and more and more and more excited about seeing I know exactly how that Christ. feels when you get on your, your <laughs> like, oh, well, all this stuff. I just need a tape recorder. I mean, someone needed to tape record Paul, I'm sure. I'm sure. So. I, that, yeah, I, I can identify with that feeling, not keeping up. But anyway, I don't know. I, I mean, our, the desire of our show today... I was thinking, in the middle of a pandemic, here we're going to talk about the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. That doesn't sound very encouraging, but this whole passage, when you read it in context of that whole flow, it is very encouraging because the Lord wants us to remember who He is. But mm-hmm. anyway, but we do want to tackle that phrase because I actually sent Ray an email and said, hey, are we up for this, this one? What does it mean that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil? I... I used to I used to misquote this and just say money was the root of all kinds <laughs> of evil. But as I know, money is just a tool. It's not evil in and of itself. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're just looking at Ray here. He's going to just start this right. conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know your your comment there about the money being the root, but it's the love mm. and love love uh, for me depicts you know um, sacrifice it depicts a passion, a longing, um, and, you know, we can even be seduced by it. Yep. And so um, if you use that, all the descriptors that might be part of love, then we look at it and say, okay, so those things then become our central focus. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what um, Paul was encouraging Timothy here. You know what? You may have some wealthy folks benefactors who are supporting you in your ministry and all that kind of stuff. And that may be the measuring stick of success in society, but that's mm. an illusion. Yeah, it's a counterfeit, right? It's, uh, and I mean, I love that. Again, I'm going to go back to Matthew 6 because I have to. But, <laughs> but this idea that there's this competition, the love of money or the love of God. And Paul's clearly addressing that in First Timothy 6 here where he's going, you know what? The standard, as you said, the, 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 the optics from a natural perspective are, let's achieve this financial success. And Paul's going, yeah, that's the shadow. That's, that's, the, mm. that's the illusion, as, as you said, Ray. Uh, and and the, the real excitement, the, the real stuff is Christ. And, and, of course, he gets pretty excited about describing mm-hmm. that. Yes. Uh, you know. Look, I'm going to go back because of what you just said jumped out at me, Ray. So if, he, if Timothy, not saying that he was, but, or us, we're, we can measure our success based on who our supporters are and who, and, and that would be, like, I guess I'm picturing the, 
the widow and the two mites, and I'm picturing the the guy, the rich guy who came in with the big bag, and they were all like, oh, look at this man. Mm-hmm. Look at all this money. He's supporting the temple. Isn't that wonderful? And really, the Lord was pointing out the woman who was giving mm-hmm. this small sacrifice. Well, it was a big sacrifice, but all she had. I'm just talking, thinking out loud. Like, I, I, that's a real conviction, uh, uh, you know, on me. What do I consider successful? You know, are, are we sitting in our churches thinking, well, we've got all this money to build our building, and, mm-hmm. and that success? You know, it, it's a gift and a blessing, and, and the Lord does those things, right? Because the Word says, you know, He the God in, seven, in, in verse 17 says, He gives us richly, provides everything for our enjoyment. doesn't mean that we don't enjoy the additions at our churches or... Mm-hmm. But it, it's... I, don't you guys find it's a very... It's a slippery slope, but it's a very, like, a tight wire... Like, how do you know when you're, when money is, is the love and not the Lord? Like, Jesus said it really clearly, you can't serve us both. And I'm just asking the question because after, you know, a dozen years at More Than Enough, I'm still walking that tightrope and still have to ask myself, am I loving things more than you? Am I loving what money can buy more than you, Lord? Like, I, I, don't, I don't find it an easy thing to ask or talk about or even try and figure out. I think, I know that I have to be so aware, Lord, help me to walk this journey, that tight line, because mm-hmm. when my value starts to, my affections start to go in this direction, I can get into the ditches, he's saying to mm-hmm. Timothy, or don't go down that road, mm-hmm. but just kind of keep focused, Lord, what is it that you're asking to me? Because I think there are people who, have been created to create wealth, to bless, mm-hmm. and to extend mm-hmm. the kingdom. And But it's the posture of the heart in the midst of doing that because it's mm-hmm. not their security blanket. It's not their focus. They don't put their trust in it. I, mm-hmm. I imagine to some degree there there is a conscious effort of how you're stewarding that. But I guess to me would be, you know, Lord, before you, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And how do we walk every day, day in, just watching that because he does i mean he just want to bless us and yeah and one of the traps i think that paul addresses here is is the 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 um the trap of of discontentment where where you know that's maybe a litmus test mm-hmm. to go yeah. okay so you know i'm not content with the 10 year old car that i'm driving even <laughs> though it might it, it's perfect it works well you know all of that but but i'm just not content with it there's a different thing, and I have, you know, I'm going to go buy that brand new whatever, right? Like, I'm just using that example from the perspective of contentment. Then there's the, well, wait a minute, it actually needs to be changed sometime from a practical standpoint. It's, you know, 15 years old, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's costing money in repairs, so it makes sense. And and I think Paul's kind of saying, listen, um, contentment might be a great litmus, litmus test here when we're talking about money and godliness and say, you know what, if, if I've replaced God in my heart and become discontent, then guess what? Um, there it is. I need to. I need to address that in in the context of my money and my heart. So you know, that's uh, just looking at that from from that perspective of a 
uh, like I said, a litmus test or a, a what is really going on in my heart? What am I really loving, mm-hmm. right? As you said, Ray. And I, I, I was just thinking about the, the discontent, and he says in this word, like if we take it to heart, be content with food and clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, those are the basics. Like in some of our seminars, we've talked about Maslow's hierarchy of need. What do we mm-hmm. really need? Well, we need air. We need water and we need food and shelter. And he's saying, be content with the most basic of, of needs. And, we and, have, and Jesus said, really, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by, by every, every word. word that comes from the, the, the mouth, mouth of, of God. God. And then I think <clears throat> of the, the what he said to the disciples, I have food that you don't know of. Mm-hmm. Um, because the food I have is is to do the will. I eat, eat that to, to the do the will of the Father. Of Father. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole, I mean. But it does breed, it does, you know, again, contentment might be that first step, but Jesus takes it further in his own life, even in the temptation of Christ where, you know, he was hungry, he was in need, um, and he had the ability his ability to, to turn food. stone into bread was not in question here. It was, you can do this, why don't you? Well, because. Because man cannot live on bread alone. And I'm so, content to, to live in the presence of the voice of God, of my relationship mm. with the Father. Which really is what Paul's writing to, mm. even to Timothy. Remember who God is. He's the ruler. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who, you know, you made this confession of your faith. Remember Jesus was before Pontius Pilate. And, and sometimes have we, even in the midst of this pandemic that we're walking, are we forgetting that? Are we forgetting in the midst of the anxieties and the fears, are we forgetting who he is? I, you know, what's, as you're saying, I'm thinking, you know, Paul spoke about Timothy. Timothy was a younger man. Mm-hmm. We know from scripture he had some anxiety issues, nervous stomach, said have a glass of wine, that will kind of settle it. But it's interesting in verse 11 it says, but you man of God. So he first says, this is your identity. You are a man of God. And then he says, set aside all those values, but your values, your focus needs to be righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Contend for the faith. Fight for it. Hold on to it. Make that your passion in this side of the life. But then it says, take hold of eternal life to which you are called when you make your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Mm. What will our testimony look like in Mm. eternity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can, I mean, I've never really thought about it in the context of eternity because I was just thinking, here's Timothy, a leader. I mean, he is going to have influence within the context of his own ministry, right? And, and Paul's saying, listen, people are going to look at you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just in, in the context of this world, yes. people are going to look at you and you are going to have you know, many witnesses because many people are going to kind of look at, at that leader of the ministry and say, hey, you need to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and all of these things as a leader within the context of this world, but I've never thought about it in the context of eternity. That's very fat, very cool. Very interesting. Because, but, yeah, yeah, because, you know, you think of leaders who have fallen. I was just thinking about that. You know, that. What, what testimony do they have on this side of heaven and what testimony do they have on the side of eternity? And that is a very sobering thing for all of us in these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's an and both, because, I mean, yeah. he, Paul continues to go on to talk about Christ making the good confession in front of Pontius Pilate, again, here on earth, but I think it's the and both. It's like also in eternity oh, yes. before the Father, because uh, I think in, in verse 13, he starts with, in the sight of God. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, that is for eternity. <laughs> you know? so. I, I want to talk for a minute just about that phrase that jumped out at me. I mean, I guess I'll say this. You know, we can read this passage and say, you know, he's talking, you know, to Timothy and he's saying, command those who are rich in this present age to, you know, be generous, not to trust money, but to trust God. Mm -hmm. um, and some of us might be listening and thinking, well, I'm not rich, so I guess I, I get a... a um, what is that monopoly? Pass. I get a free pass. <laughs> I can collect my $200 and just, you know, pass. Um, but we are, all, I mean, we've talked about this in our seminars. We are all rich. We have, a, we have a certain standard of living in Canada, even though we struggle and we have debt and all of that. We have, I mean, we all know this if we're half, half awake. We're alert to the, the, the generosity of what we have in this nation and how we live. Certainly in the context of a global context, yes. you know, North America, Europe, I mean, we are, we are the affluent uh, cultures and the affluent countries. And so, you know, there, there's a vast, and, and again, statistically, you know, 50% of the world lives on less than $2 a day, right? right. So you're going, well, I, I certainly live more. So I'm on the top half, you know. Uh, so, so we can take that to heart for ourselves, that, that we would be generous, that we would be willing to share, that we would be rich in good deeds, that we would put our hope in God and not in our and in the love of money or what, what those things buy. But then it goes into Timothy and he says, guard it with your life. Guard what hasn't been entrusted to you. And how do we do that? How do you... Well, I, I mean, one of the things that that just kind of, and I don't know if this answers your question, Reb, but what I was thinking was in the context of money and, and, and using it as a tool to go, wait a minute, if we, we need to, we need to use the money for to pers the pursuit of righteousness, like the pursuit of the things that, that Paul is talking, he's saying, listen, Put your money where your mouth is. Like put like this is how you spend money. And and Ray, you mentioned love right at the beginning. And are you using it for the love of self, or are you using money for the love of God or others as an expression of that? And I think that's where that's where mm -hmm. Paul's pretty excited to go. Listen, use money for the pursuit of others, for the pursuit of glorifying God. And be really careful when you're talking about using money for the love of self to build yourself up. So, Ray, what do you think? What do you think about, you know, when he says, in like, guard this with your life? I guess the thought that came to mind is, is that being very aware consciously about where your thought life dwells. And where you put value on, what, I mean, how much time do you spend thinking about it? Mm -hmm. um, is that a good measuring stick? Because the more we would desire something, the more we can give it. Or, but, you know, on the other hand, we can have the thought, click on Amazon, <laughs> scroll the screen and <laughs> click and it's gone. And if it's got our credit card on, it's done. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, so, yeah, what is it you're spending your money on and what is your heart's? 
um, desires mm-hmm. and keeping short accounts with the Lord. And I think I know just in our own my own walk, always asking the Lord every day, Lord, is there anything in me untowards you mm-hmm. that I'm putting putting first above yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's a good question. The other the other one that always got me. Um, uh, KP Johannan always said this, and it's stuck with me for years. You know, when you're about to make a purchase, you ask the Lord, so how is this furthering your kingdom? And, you know, that mm-hmm. that one gets me every time mm-hmm. because, you know, pursue, seek first his kingdom. And that is a great question, but I, I don't ask it. Uh, I just don't ask it because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want the no or the, <laughs> or the you want to know what this is going to do. Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think Paul addresses that though, Reb, in this passage by saying, "Like, let's let's get a real good picture of who is this Christ, yeah. who is this God that we're I serving, mm-hmm. and and do we truly trust Him? He gives life." Right. And so I think, you know, I, I hear you. And I mean, we've all experienced that, that like, I, do, I just don't want the no. Like, I know I'm going to ask you, Lord, and you're going to say no. Uh, you know, and, and I get or, that. Or we think we do yep. because the passage still says he provides generously for all the things we need to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's not opposed to abundance. I mean, he made me that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I am not you, Dave. No. I, I, yeah. I love parties and beautiful things, and it's just how I'm wired. So what I, we had this discussion, actually. Uh, we're still processing an issue, um, I think, between us financially, mm-hmm. and it's because we have different values. And I've, I'm feeling like, well, I guess I, that I shouldn't because, oh, well, it's, it's not useful, you know, so Dave will buy all things that are useful, and I find thing buy things that are pretty and just are beauty and art or a good book to read or that doesn't maybe bring me a thing except enjoyment of life. And we are so different and we still have to process those things in our relationship because we are different. So, and, and I mean, one of the things that we, we often say, even in our coaching and what we do it more than enough is, is make every spending decision a spiritual one. And, and that's just our way of saying, listen, you know, in these decisions, there's actually not a right, wrong answer. There's a God answer. And so right. can we, in a sense, submit ourselves to the will of the Father? You know, again, I'll go back to Jesus and the the temptation where he had the ability to turn the stones into bread. Like, that wasn't the question. The question was, is, Father, do I do this or not? Right? I'm, I'm waiting I, yeah. to hear from you on this. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, Ray. Why don't you just give us a last comment and then pray, and then we'll wrap up. You know what? I've, I think... Um the picture that comes to mind is when we have a garden and you're planting plants, you look after them. And it's the weeds that get in the way that you know will inhibit. So you want to pull those weeds out before they impact the growth of what it is that you're actually cultivating. Mm-hmm. And so if we really want to cultivate a love of the Lord, love of Jesus, mm-hmm. we want to root out those things mm-hmm. that would inhibit the growth of that. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. And, and saying that because there are people like me out there who are thinking, well, we have to just do it the frugal way. But that's not necessary. It goes back to what Dave said. It, what are we cultivating? What beautiful thing are you called to cultivate? Yeah, that's right. 
So, Father, we just say thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Lord, would you root out or show us even where there might be a root of a love of money, Lord? Father, you ask us to deal with the little foxes in our lives. So, Father, I pray for each one listening. Lord, would you come and speak to our hearts? We want to be free in this area. We want to pursue you. And as Timothy was encouraged, Father, to pursue righteousness and love and patience and joy. And so, Lord, we just say thank you. You help us on that journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for joining us, Ray. Thanks. So good. So, and uh, thank you for joining us and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.